It is Sunday evening here in the many recording locations of this show. We're coming to you not so live as we usually do with another week of the Chair Shop Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined as always by Paul Griffin. I've um, been listening to some podcasts in the week that are now being recorded uh, remotely because of the coronavirus, and they all sound like ass. So I don't know how people listen to this every week. <laughs> well, we're we're used to it for you know you know we've been doing it for so long you know um, that our buffoon listeners are uh, are you know just acquainted to it. Uh, and also with us there is Mr. Joe Towder. Hi there, Barry. I saw Joe doing some perfect cartwheels in his back garden. <laughs> it is week. pretty good, wasn't he? What was the fuck is that? Were you a, a gymnast or something? He's like a regular ricochet out there. He was doing cartwheel with like the leg splits going on. I was like, oh my goodness, because I've I've not seen myself do a cartwheel, but I imagine it's not that graceful. Mm. You never know you until you try. Yeah. So if anyone missed that, too bad. <laughs> but Jesus, <laughs> there were some good cartwheels. Let me tell you. It's in my collections. I've put it in my lockdown collection. Oh, there you go. So people my- can go check it out. Might try and do the splits uh, next week. Hmm. I did a little bit. Now, I, you know, I don't have an isolation folder or anything, but obviously with the self-isolating going on, Mm. uh, the exercise I got in this week, right? And no joke, I did this, I think it was on Friday, right? Uh, I walked about six and a half kilometers Mm. from the front door to the back door and back again. (laughs) <laughs> about 500 times jeez whacked the podcast on got my 10,000 steps in without leaving the house <laughs> I'd love to see a film of that <laughs> <laughs> a time lapse um, oh my god I've started doing just intermittently throughout the day squats and push ups and sit ups and little bits and bobs like that not a bad idea yeah um but yeah, uh, otherwise, no exercise done. Like today, I haven't done nothing. Um, did have a wee little bit of an Easter egg. Didn't oh, have the yeah. whole egg. Didn't have the whole egg. Don't get me wrong. What what kind? What kind of egg? Uh, it is a Cadbury's. Ooh. The best kind. Um, yes. And I don't know why this is, right? Um... <laughs> Like I, I'm, a, I'm an old man at this stage. I'm 31 years old, right? right? My mother will still buy me an Easter egg every year, as I'm sure is probably the case for for the two of you as well. Yeah. Um, but I've made it abundantly clear. Like, I like um Cadbury's eggs, and I like a chocolate orange egg. All other eggs, shit, right? <laughs> I feel like I'm on 10 years in a row of getting Nestle eggs and Galaxy eggs. Uh, now I don't want to sound yeah. ungrateful. But like I'm sure the shop had Cadbury's once, <laughs> so, but I, I wouldn't say that out loud. You know what I mean. So I'm saying oh, I'm very grateful for that as I look at it with like pure disgust. <laughs> it's pop that straight in the fucking bin. <laughs> um. So been a bit of a shitty week for me this week. Uh, after about four years, we we said goodbye to one of the guinea pigs. Uh, uh, Piggy, oh. 
who we got when we were back living in the old apartment that we recorded the live video podcast from. So it was mm. a long time ago. Uh, all fine up until um, Friday, uh, Friday evening, and I went to feed the pigs, and she wasn't eating. And I kind of noticed it that usually they'll all run out and start nibbling at the lettuce together and she was just kind of sitting in her little plastic house she wasn't coming out i said okay well with guinea pigs it's good to kind of notice these things as early as possible because mm. as a prey animal they will like hide their sicknesses mm. until they're quite often too sick to recover from now we've had a few of these scares with the other ones and we've just like noticed it in time and got them sorted but um yeah we got piggy gave her some medicine stuff and uh some food and then i woke up early saturday morning like seven thirty in the morning and i went in and she was lying in in the same house that she'd been in but lying down kind of facing away from the door and i gave her a little push like usually i'll, I'll, I'll like slide my hand under and they'll like hop up and run away because i don't like to be picked up um mm-hmm. and she was just uh she was she wasn't quite gone she was um still there but like very floppy and not able to really move around anymore so we picked her up and we pet her and she had some uh last little guinea pig breaths and then she was gone and uh that's the only time i've been out my front door in the last week i think was to go out and bury her um we have a nice like green in front of where we live Mm. so i went out and up in the corner buried her there in a little uh, fleece so that was very sad and this was the same day I mentioned last week we had a greyhound staying with us that greyhound has been uh, fully adopted now and has gone to live in a new house Um, because originally we were minding it for somebody and then that somebody decided they didn't want it anymore Uh, so we got in contact with the rescue that the greyhound had come from originally and they uh, arranged for someone else to come see them a uh, couple of couple of lads about my age came. They seemed really nice and really liked the dog. So we had her. Um, they came over on Friday and decided they were going to take her. So we had already prepared one goodbye for Saturday, and then it turned out that there mm. were two. So, uh, like I say, bit of a bit of a shitty week um, on this side. So that's why it's nice to have uh, the podcast to close out the weekend for a bit of uh, a bit of happiness and a bit of the crack. A bit of the owl crack. Well, you know, farewell to, to, to Piggy. We've never um, only had two guinea pigs before, so this is a new... Well, aside from when we first got to the two guinea pigs, because we added Binky shortly thereafter. But now we only have Guinea and Binky, and Guinea has been hanging on <laughs> from the precipice of death for about two years at this stage. Um, oh. <laughs> and big uh, flare of guinea pigs. Yeah, and Guinea and Piggy were sisters anyway, so now she's the only one left of that um litter. But um yeah, it's strange. There's definitely you look at them now and there's only two and you go, mm, something here ain't right. I don't know if I fully grasped it yet. Because we've had them for so long, like four years we've had them, which okay, for a dog isn't very long, but for a guinea pig's pretty long. Yeah. Um so yeah, so that was that was my week basically. Have you guys got up to anything? Obviously not outside, but in your gaffs. 
<laughs> not really. I, I, I'm, I'm really um, lagging behind on the exercising. You know, I'm sticking. I'm staying true to myself, lads, in these trying times, <laughs> and I'm not, not exercising or cleaning the apartment. So, nah. um, so that's good. I did. I was on a, um, a video call with some pals of mine there last night, and and the top, the topic came up of how how much impulse buying of wrestling shirts I do. And right. so uh, uh, on the call, I went through my drawers and, oh, my God, I have so much shite. So I think I think the, the clean-out's going to have to happen soon, but it has not happened yet. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I really, really have not uh, done a whole bunch. I've got some stuff to talk about in our various golfs uh, uh, that I'm looking forward to chatting about, but uh, not much else beyond that. Well, you could potentially, if you're going to start getting rid of some of your old wrestling, you could make some money off that, potentially. I could, yeah. Does anyone want an absolutely shite, Jay Lethal, Ring of Honor font shirt? Uh, um, yes, please. Uh, one in 99, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, I, yeah, because I mentioned I had a bit of Easter egg, I finally hit the 195 this week. Wait. Uh... Which is still apparently close to 200, so I'm not exactly, you know, counting my chickens before they've yeah, done come out them eggs. Is it, you're not a blob at 200. I was fa- fairly blobby, I'll be honest. I don't know about that. A little though. bit blobby. Um, I'm, do you know when people grow their hair long, right? And when the hair is short, it looks good. And when yeah. it's long, it looks good. But they have to go through that weird middle stage. I feel yeah. like that's where I am now, kind of, with the old body, is... A lot of the fatter bits are a little bit less fat, but it's not kind of evened itself out, so it's just kind of lumpy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit like that at the moment, but um, yeah, still going downwards. So the goal is the goal is 185. So we're about I'm over halfway there. I think I'm 55 percent or something. The app said so. We we'll keep it going. Although this Easter egg barrage isn't gonna help. God damn it, they're good. That Cadbury's little bit of Cadbury's egg I had earlier was fantastic. Oh, right. What guffs have we then? Guffs. Uh, let me see. Well, we'll just start with the with the 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 the, the mainstay. What about movie guff? I haven't watched any movies yet. Um, uh, in isolation. But uh, what about you, lads? Any movies? Uh, yeah, I've got, got a couple of movies for you. Um, watched uh, a movie from 1989 called Steel Magnolias. Okay. Um, this is very much an ensemble cast. It was the breakthrough film of one Julia Roberts. Mm. Um, it's set in the South, and it's it's very, very kind of Southern uh, US. Uh, Dolly Parton's in it. I mean, that's, that's how Southern it is. Right. Um, it's about a kind of group of women and the relationship between Sally Field, who is the mum, and Julia Roberts, who is the daughter. Um, it's not too much you can say without spoiling it, but it's a very, very kind of funny film, um, quite charming. I assume it won some Oscars, but uh, I haven't actually looked that up. But let's assume it did. It was yeah. it was nominated um, for one Oscar and it didn't win it. What? That's outrageous. Julia Roberts was nominated for best supporting. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a pretty good film. So I would I would kind of check that out if you've never seen it. Um, also, a film I hadn't seen before was Never Been Kissed, mm. um, starring one Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a slightly ludicrous film where she um, goes undercover as a journalist in a high school, 
um, to kind of learn what what teens are into these days or in in the late 90s right um, and it turns out they're into bullying and drinking oh no and shagging <laughs> wow who, who would have thought um, but David Arquette is in it which I didn't realise that was a always good to see former WCW World Heavyweight Champion David Arquette popping up in a movie yeah um, perhaps the most ridiculous part is where David Arquette who plays Drew Barrymore's brother her older brother he later on also goes undercover um, at the high school um, at the grand old age of 28 <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what David Arquette does not look like a fucking teenager this was five years after Scream came out um, <laughs> where he played a policeman uh, yeah but it's quite it was a funny film it's quite charming and uh, yeah it's good good performances so if you've never seen that I'm sure a lot of people have seen that as you know relatively big in its day um, yeah that was pretty good too that's I think that's all we've watched we had the Goofy movie on at the moment um, but be honest, Michelle was was mainly watching that. Um, there's a lot of uh, old. Uh, now that we've got Disney Plus, lot of old movies we're catching up on. Uh, and nostalgia. Do we, do we all have the Disney Plus? Of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, Marks for the old mouse, brother. Uh, absolutely. I I I am subscribed. Um, how are we finding it? I am. I haven't used it too much, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, a decent amount. Um, sort of impressed. Like, I forgot certain things were coming to it. It was kind of a pleasant surprise. Like, um, uh, I, I forgot Gravity Falls was going to be on there. I never actually finished Gravity Falls oh. when it was still on. Um, so I, I, I was going to just finish that second season, but I'm just, just going to start the whole thing. Yeah, from definitely worth a rewatch at some point. Um, so that's on there. I forgot, of course, with the acquisition of Fox, they got all the X Men mm-hmm. uh, movies. On, well, not all of them. They're not all on the service, funnily enough, mm-hmm. but they've got most of them. Uh, really, the only omissions are kind of the 18 rated stuff: your Logans, your Deadpool's. Yeah. Um, and Logan you know, was actually on the um, All Four app up until a few days ago because it had aired yeah. on Film Four. Mm. Uh, which is that's that's handy. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me again. Wow. Oh, persistent cough. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, persistent two in a row. I'm fucked. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, look, a re- really good uh, uh, selection. Obviously, it's got. Like all but one of the MCU. Films. Well, actually, no, that's not true. It's 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 it doesn't have Hulk or the two Spider-Man films, but you'd you'd live without those. Um, um, yeah, it's it's really really good. And I I, I started the Mandalorian. Uh, uh, a little bit of telly guff there. Um, yeah, I I'm enjoying it. You know, it's fun. Go on, it's fun. So yeah, it's it's fun. I think I mean it is it is more of a kids service for sure for me like apart if you take out the kind of marvel movies there's a lot of stuff that you'd watch on there nostalgically but you know you don't really want to sit through entire seasons of cartoons you enjoyed when you were six you know what i mean mm-hmm. like um but there is enough on there i think you know there's there's some good movies on there i'd be interested to kind of see if they had what kind of more stuff they add mm. like i don't know about future armor for example um i assume they own the rights to that not 100 percent sure um, but things like that would be an interesting addition. Uh, of course, got The Simpsons on there. Haven't watched that yet because of the uh, aspect ratio issue. I might might start that anyway. Um, yeah, it's good, good, good value. 
Yeah, and not not sound like a Simpsons uh, Judas or anything, but uh, in my mind, um, I I watched a couple of episodes, even with the stretched uh, gimmick, and yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Wasn't a big deal. Well, yeah, I I I I would really rather they had the original, but I have actually I've had the um, uh, I've had the Simpsons on quite a lot in the background. It's a perfect background thing for um for when you're doing your Animal Crossing or 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 things of that nature, or when I'm like writing or if I'm just if I'm doing something else. It's, mm-hmm. Classic Simpsons is the ideal background. Um, uh, show and I was actually talking to Joe about it on Twitter. I, I might, I might, it might make it my active like sit down and pay attention to it. If they were to add the commentaries on there, I think then we'd be talking. Then I'd be sitting down. Oh, yeah. like, All right, now we're, oh, now yeah. we're now we're now we're watching the Simpsons. But for now, I think it's a great uh, uh, resource to have for the background. That is that is something I do like that they they have uh, uh, most of the movies I've checked. They've got bonus features on there, audio commentaries, deleted scenes. That's something that. Um, that's something that Netflix in particular is really lacking in, really lacking in. Um, uh, so, and I, I don't know if they've ever made any overtures towards getting that stuff eventually, but uh, I appreciate that there is a service on there where there's um, bonus content on there. So, yeah, a thumbs up on the old. Uh, and, you know, you've got more or less the entire MCU at, the, at, at your fingertips now, yeah. which is which is handy. So, um, yeah. No, I have not actually used it to watch any movies yet, though, so I've no, I have no movie guff just yet. Uh, I wish, though, that they... Although I like the interface, I wish there was... Uh, of those big franchises, a way to just have them all in order. Like the MCU. Right. Start finish. Star Wars. Start to finish. Because you got Star Wars and they're just fucking all over the place. Like Phantom Menace, whatever way they have it logged, but, is like 20 after the yeah. rest of them and just a bit all over the place. Uh, also, I watched a movie this week. One flew over the cuckoo's nest and that, right? And then I went to watch. Oh, the, that's And then I went to watch the uh, Simpsons episode, which has a lot of parody of the aforementioned film Stark Raving Dad. Uh, it is not Disney Plus. That's the Michael Jackson episode. Oh, so it's, it's just not there. Took it off. Took it off. Um, I do have the old mm. DVD. Uh, that's weird somewhere. though because i i noticed that uh the the episode where the they discuss walt disney having the evil gene that is on there because <laughs> um, i actually just saw that and i did a double take there the other day yeah well i mean that's true so they can't take that all oh, right <laughs> fact so i think i watched that episode the other day as well hang on which episode was that uh, oh, I can't the, the Quimby one, isn't it? Oh, yes, yeah, yes, I, d- yes. I do watch. We watched Jonah. that episode like two days ago. Say Jonah! <laughs> oh, it's still great. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the ball! Ah, uh, somebody's back the punch. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can read my mind, boy. Um. <laughs> I, I have been shocked at how much uh, so much of the classics are still um, classic. Uh, I was falling around the place laughing again at Apu berating Skinner for coming up with Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> what are the most successful films of all time, sir? What? What are you thinking? <laughs> Billy oh. and the... What is it called? Billy and the Clonosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Oh, 
Oh, dearie me, dearie me. Anyway, speaking of less funny things, unless you consider laughing at the mentally ill funny, uh, <laughs> with some people who are watching this movie, we did. Uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, right? Uh, which I'd never seen before. I'm going to guess is Joe has seen it and Barry has not seen it, by the way. I have not seen it. There you go. Um, I've also I've read the book. <laughs> what the hell? There's a book version. <laughs> um. Yeah. I'm. So stars Jack Nicholson, uh, Danny DeVito, right? Looking very young and very on Danny DeVito like. Uh, Christopher Lloyd in what is apparently his like first film role, and he looks about. 15 in it uh, Louise Fletcher good cast everyone is great in it uh, my favourite character in it or not even character my favourite performance in it was by this actor called Sidney Lassett I want to say who apparently went on to like nothing but he plays um, he plays the character is it Chadwick Chadwick's one who goes on the big tirade in the middle of the film I want my cigarettes I want them now I thought he was brilliant in it and then yeah that actor just didn't make anything else he was in like a few tiny roles and things here and there Mm -hmm. I mean Nicholson is so good Um, between this and The Shining I don't know why he's not even more revered than he is like he he, in this one particularly because he's like what do this come out like five years or so before The Shining He's almost got like a, uh, he's not quite James Dean, but he's got like a swagger to him that I can imagine him being like a huge um, sex symbol of the 70s. And I, I don't get why he yeah. he's not more so thought of in that way. Probably because he turned into a, a big Jabba the Hutt style blob towards the end of his life. He's not even dead yet, but he looked like Jabba the Hutt now. He's not even dead! <laughs> and on top of that, the fat pig isn't even dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like fantastic at it um, and the first half of it is kind of very straightforward for a film that's known as it's like number 25 or something on, on the IMDb top 250 it's like one of the best films of all time the first half of it is fairly like it's it's good don't get me wrong but you're kind of watching it going okay where when does this get really great and it's really only the second half when it does um, there's a lot of great stuff in there, a lot of very sad stuff in there. Uh, yeah, kind of has it all. It has sad moments, happy moments, punch the air moments. Um, great performances across the board. Uh, yeah, it was real great. Mm. Uh, so I recommend that film from 45 years ago. Go watch it. It was real good. Uh, what else did I watch? Oh, speaking of Disney Plus, we watched this was our our pick me up movie that we watched to kind of cheer ourselves up uh yesterday after a pretty crummy day. We watched The Emperor's mm. New Groove on Disney Plus. Okay. Uh which apparently I had seen already. I had zero memory of this film having ever seen it. Uh but not seen it, Natty really likes it, and so she advised that we put it on and going into it knowing that it, ca- it kind of came towards the end of the 90s, early 2000s Disney with stuff like um, Atlantis and Hercules, Treasure Planet. Stuff that I was never 
big into because I was I'm you know more into the early nineties stuff. I didn't quite know what to expect. I was kind of going into it thinking it was going to be a a B or C tier Disney movie. Um, it's weird because it's it's very Hanna Barbera y at points, more so than any other Disney okay. film I've seen. Um, John Goodman is fantastic in it. Uh, who else is in it? John Goodman. Oh, Patrick uh, Warburger or Warburton uh, is also he, like he steals a show in it, and that's why. I think the Kronk character got his own spin-off TV series, which I would have zero interest in watching, but... Uh, the what? one who's hosted WrestleMania? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm not watching that shit either. Uh, <laughs> he's, he, he's like the best thing in the film, but it's one of those kind of Saul Goodman things where they're great in their own little thing, but don't put them in their own thing. That's nonsense. Um He's very, very funny. And the Kronk character is, is funny because he, like, the villain is this, like, old, um, decrepit woman witch type, right? And it's implied that she's, like, a cougar because she's got this 20-something-year-old muscular bodyguard type. <laughs> Played, this is the titular, well, not titular because the movie's not called Kronk, but he is the Kronk who I've mentioned previously. And he, But he's, like, dumb but not in a way that these characters would typically be written he's it's more kind of he's got a lack of awareness he'll still use words like eulogy and he still has a smartness to him but he's got like a a lack of social awareness i guess is what you'd say so he's dumb but in a very different dumbness than what you would normally expect of a movie of this kind which i thought was really funny and he was great and uh yeah i really enjoyed it way better than i i thought it was going to be from my zero memory of having watched it uh very funny it kind of doesn't build to so much of a climax it kind of just it, it never goes into fourth or fifth gear but it's very funny throughout nonetheless and uh yeah i actually enjoyed it a lot it's all the movies i've seen cool I've made a watch list on Disney Plus of about 50 films, by the way. <laughs> and we'll slowly make our way through. But then the good thing is those Disney movies aren't... Like, Emperor's New Groove is like 1 hour 22. Oh, yeah. Which made for a very easy watch. Oh, Home Alone's on Disney Plus. Hell yeah. I think they're all on Disney Plus. At least four of them are. I know. I know what I sister act wanted to. All right. You, mm-hmm. you got me, Disney. You got me. I'm glad I got that year-long sub now. I mean, Home Alone is on TV about seven times a year. Yeah, but who has a regular television connection now? I mean, let's let's, <laughs> let's get real. And now you can watch it whenever you want. The, the 348 other days that it's not on. <laughs> yeah. And we all love watching Home Alone the rest of the year as well. <laughs> yeah, um, what is that Christmas? Easter? Watch it. Uh, yeah. So I suppose we'll segue there in to Telly Guff. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm watching, watching that classic Simpsons. Uh, yeah, I mentioned there I watched The Mandalorian. I watched two episodes. Uh, good, enjoying it. Uh, you know, not any kind of, I don't think it's any kind of blow away must watch thing, but very, very, very watchable, very enjoyable, very cool. I think it's a cool show. Um, um, 
I didn't realize they had Oberyn Tyrell as as the Mandalorian. He's got he's got a cool voice. I think I think that's a good casting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got that that that, that that's a cute little baby Yoda in there. I didn't uh, realize there was baby Yoda in the show until uh, the end of that first episode. Did you not? Did we did we talk about this in the podcast before? I thought we did. I, we probably did. I think we probably did. Yeah, because I, I I I had seen on Twitter the baby Yoda memes, and I started watching the Mandalorian, and I just had never put two and two together until the very end of the first episode where i went oh oh that is what that's from the baby yeah. yoda yeah i don't know i, I think just... it was from muppet babies freaking star wars yeah who am i having to go with cronk with my fucking dimness <laughs> um yeah but that's uh, really enjoyable uh, i started watching the 90s spider-man cartoon um Ooh. again which was obvious that was a that was a childhood defining is that on disney plus for me it was my, that is on disney plus yeah mm. um all the all the fox kids cartoons of that era which are not to be you know not to be overstated but i would say they're fairly seminal for our generation yeah um in terms of like saturday morning ish cartoons that were actually well made and and compelling you've got spider-man x-men incredible hulk fantastic four are all on there um yeah, and it's it holds up decently well. It's 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 uh, obviously you know it had a lot of it. It was at the time I'm sure quite impressive, but the meshing of CGI and animation uh, is not great on there. Um, there's some weird stuff where um, where like a character is supposedly dead. And then in one scene, they're talking about how he disappeared. And then in the next scene, someone's lamenting that he's not alive anymore. And it's obvious that they're tiptoeing around saying dead. Uh, because it is a, a baby program for babies. Um, <laughs> but it's really great. I'm actually going to stick with I was expecting, because I remember it was on Netflix like years and years ago, I think when Netflix first kind of rolled out, and I watched a bit of it. I wasn't expecting to, to, to really uh, uh, be compelled by it, but I'll probably, I'll probably uh, watch the whole thing through. It's only 50 episodes in total, um, which is not that much. So yeah, I'm watching that on Disney Plus as well. Uh, other than that, not watching too much. I watched another episode of Hunters, which I believe I talked about here yeah. a few weeks ago. Uh, second episode was rubbish. I'm not sure if I'm going to finish it. It's 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 a shame. It's it's a cool concept on paper. Uh, Al Pacino in the lead role should be really great, but it's, it's shit basically. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so watching that, I'm going to fire up the old Netflix here. I feel like there was something else. Uh, I haven't gotten around to Tiger King yet. I know everyone's talking about that. Um, what else is even on at the moment? I watched the. Uh, I guess this would technically be wrestling off, but I finished the Ruthless Aggression uh, show. How many episodes are there? Because I'm on the. I'm on the fifth one. Five. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Brock Lesnar one I thought was the best. I mean, that's just the. He's the most interesting person in the world. You thought um, it was the best one? Yeah. Yeah. I fa- I, th- I think of the ones I've watched, I found that just to be the most, like, they just copy and pasted a 2000, that 2003 Brock Lesnar DVD. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. There, like, there was very little new information in it, from my point of view, whereas the Evolution one and the John Cena one, at least to me, had a lot more, felt a lot more of a deep dive into those times yeah I, I liked both of those as well the evolution one was a little bit sucking off triple h for my liking um 
But uh, the Brock one, I think he's the most interesting. And plus, I just thought it's it's always fascinating to look back on that initial push of Brock and say, God, they actually they got it right. They they yeah. they have they have possibly never gotten anything as right as they got that. Yeah. Um, uh, so that was interesting. And I was expecting, I thought it was a weak idea to end the season on discussing the Raw versus SmackDown brand split. But I thought that episode was, oh, it was kind of boring. I wouldn't say it was great, but I thought it was an okay ending to it. Because, um, you know, at that time, they actually were doing some interesting stuff. Stuff that they absolutely could be doing today. I don't know why they're not, where managers are stealing talent and blah, 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 that whole thing. Um, I did love how they tried to tiptoe around the fact that Raw was unwatchable dirge um, <laughs> at that time. Uh, by talking about SmackDown was uh, like a really great like wrestling, straight wrestling show, and Raw was like you know, <laughs> you know, Raw was like entertainment. You know what I mean? And that's fine as well. That's good. Triple H was a champion um, for two straight years. Well, that's it. They they just did not even talk about Triple H or reference him in any way as the the guy on top of that show for two years. Um, but as they're, they're showing like SmackDown footage of like Edge and Eddie Guerrero uh, uh, wrestling each other uh, for SmackDown, and then they're like, oh, you know, Raw was an entertainment show, and it's like Booker T playing with a lightsaber, um, uh, you know, just absolute shite. Just and it's just like absolutely dreadful. But yeah, it was all right. So overall, I would say that was that was all right. And like the big the big talking points where they they fudged history. I think the most frustrating thing is just that it contributed nothing to the show, and it, it's not like it really, really would have hurt their public image to just be honest about some of those things. Um, but uh, but that's WWE for you. Um, so yeah, I, I'd give that a, a, a recommendation. Yeah, um, yeah. to finish that series. Uh, and will we maybe save for the WrestleGov? Did anyone watch the Dark Side of the Ring? Of course. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about that later. I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, I only watched one thing, uh, which was an episode mm. of Inside Number Nine, which was the second episode of season four. Uh, let me just get the name of it. Uh, it was Inside Dressing Room. I don't remember what the actual name was. Bernie Clifton. There you go. Yeah, Bernie Clifton's Dressing Room. Oh, that was the episode I watched. Uh, I thought it was great. Best episode in a little while. Yeah. Uh, certainly the best of season four so far, which leaves me with four more to watch uh, to conclude season four, and then I only have to watch the Halloween special, and then I can start on excuse me season oh, five. Yeah. <laughs> we got some good episodes to come, baby. Mm. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think uh, I, I've been given out about it a lot, but I think this was the the first episode where I really enjoyed. Reese uh, Reese Shearsmith's performance. Mm. I thought he was real mm. good. In it. Uh, yeah, real, real good episode, and I really liked the twist at the end. Yeah, it's good. Well set up. Kind of got me, and uh, mm. then I went, "Oh, that's uh, actually real, real well done." Mm. So there you go. Um, well, I also watched The Mandalorian. Um, mm. Been waiting months, months. I watch this show. Um, it's really good. It's really mm. fun. It's just fun. Lots yeah. of fun stuff. Um, it's very kind of western. 
like you wouldn't have to change the script that much for it to just be an old timey western like it's a bounty hunter um, who picks up a kid on his job and gets an attachment and saves it you know it's pretty pretty standard but yeah good action obviously who I don't know who came up with the idea of pairing basically Boba Fett and Baby Yoda together but they are a genius like I don't, how do you come up with that uh, baby version of Yoda and a Boba Fett thing together yes mm. perfect it works it just works um, so I'm really enjoying that uh, looking forward to the, the rest of that coming out and I like the kind of supporting cast as well they've got the, the Werner Hutzog and um, Carl Weathers as well does a good job so uh, yeah well done uh, Werner Hutzog is great in it yeah. yeah such a weird He's voice tremendous. I wonder if somebody on the old uh, Star Wars team had watched Hard Boiled maybe that's where they got the idea from that's that mm. that Chow Yun Fat movie where he uh, is a p- police officer who has to rescue a baby or something in it. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I, I ain't seen it. Um, I don't watch that shit. So that was good. Also started watching Tiger King, this Netflix documentary. Phenomenon. Phenomenon. Um. So it's always funny when you're on Twitter and you start seeing memes for a thing and you're like, oh, God, what is this? I'm going to have to watch this now. Otherwise, I'm not going to understand any of this for the next month. Um, but I watched it and it's, it's very interesting. It's kind of Netflix have got this formula now, formula now for their big documentaries where it does feel very artificial in the kind of way they build it. Um, and you know that there's there's something coming. There's always gonna be a cliffhanger at the end of each episode, and yeah, episodic structure, yeah, yeah, and it, it is it borders on being slightly silly. Yeah, and they kind of have to walk it back in the next one because obviously it's never as quite as compelling as to say, but it's still a very very interesting topic, and the characters in it are absolutely fascinating as well, uh, especially the main kind of tiger guy who's uh, Joe uh, Exotic Joe or Joe Exotic. Mm. Um, he's a very kind of interesting character, and yeah, I've just and we got to episode three, I think. Next starts to kick into some kind of more interesting twists and turns. So uh, yeah, I'd definitely check that out if you haven't seen it yet. I ain't. Good shit. There you go. And that's the uh, that's the telegraph there at the moment. Uh, let me see here as we take a look. Uh, Paul, you've been listening to any music this week? Yes. Now, I can't uh, claim uh, credit for this one. This was shared to me a little while ago by uh, a friend of ours, Tom Touchsky Banyard, who I call Barnyard in my own head. Mr. Barnyard. Mr. Barnyard is a band called Rivers of... Because I'm Mr. Barnyard! (laughs) (laughs) Rivers of Neil. That's N-I-H-I-L. Now, don't be turned off by the fact that that looks like the most generic Lamb of (laughs) God-esque metal name in the world. You know, the likes of Shit Stain and Osmium Guillotine and the likes, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, it is metal don't get me wrong (laughs) but uh it's it's one of the strangest uh experiences i've had listening to music lately it's 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 one of those kind of genre bending 
psych like like I would recommend to people if you're not afraid of a wee little bit of metal right if you can if you can almost like movies with subtitles if you can tolerate a little <laughs> bit of metal um it's a mix of like 60s psychedelic rock crossed with like bits of little bits of like quasi death metal and then like with a bit of Kenny G saxophone it's very weird but like really satisfyingly so um, if I was to recommend one song to people to dip their toe in uh, there's a song called um, I have to look it up now I think it's Rivers of Neil I only know it as Owls but what's the full name of the song Where Owls Know My Name watch the music video for that it's really really strange but ooh, it's some good shit let me tell you really enjoyed it so that's rivers of neil n-i-h-i-l where owls know my name that's that's my little weird recommendation of the week okay anyone else listen to music in that yeah i listened to the album hot pig from doja cat one of these popular new lady rappers Uh, I heard one song of hers on the Birds of Prey soundtrack. I was like, oh, it's a good soundtrack. Like that, like the sound of that movie. It gave this listen. It is really, really, really cracking. It's a little bit, um, it's a little bit more hippity hop than, say, Rihanna, but it's very much Rihanna style uh, energy. Very R&B, very poppy. Um, Poppy, the the genre, not Poppy, the heavy metal girl. The NXT oh. theme song. The NXT, who I also like, by the way. I think I talked about it on the show, but I listened to Poppy's most recent album. It was good. Uh, but yeah, uh, I listened get... to Poppy as well. Poppy's good. We lo- we great. we support Poppy on this we show. Stand Poppy. We stand Poppy at all times. To, to, what, I wonder what her fans are called. Well, as an Irish man, I have to you know resent. The Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, James McLean over here. <laughs> <laughs> What utter bollocks. Anyway, go on. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, uh, Hot Pink, great album. Uh, just kind of really a, a, a bouncy, kind of uh, bubbly, uh, uh, you know, a little bit cheeky, you know. It's got that explicit label on there, not for the kiddies, you know. But um, no, really enjoyed it. Uh, really great, uh, unique sound. Um, and yeah, if, if anyone, yeah, I think I, I like Paul's idea there. If you wanted to toe dip, I think the singles on it are, are, are pretty good. If you uh, wanted to listen to Bottom Bitch, uh, I think you might uh, appreciate that one. Great video as well. It's kind of got a weird um, uh, 90s kind of hanging out at a skate park with handheld cameras video. It's, it's cool. Um, yeah, really, really, really enjoyed that. That's my one album I've kind of had on repeat lately. So um, that's the that's the music guff. I will check week. that out. I, th- I think you might enjoy it. I yeah, think this is going to probably turn out to be one of those songs that I've actually heard before and not realized it. Uh, I actually hadn't heard it, but it's it, when I watched the video on YouTube, it had like a bajillion views. So maybe you have. Um... Well, the Rivers of Nile song I shared has gone a little bit viral as well. It has one million views though, so it's not gone that that popular. Oh, but that's a respectable number, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's the the music guff for this week. Uh, on the game guff front, I'm pretty much just still playing Call of Duty and uh, Animal Crossing. I've made a little list. Of stuff I want to play during the old lockdown. Mm. Uh, I want to play the first Ori in the Blind Forest game, right? Because uh, the sequel's out now, so I was like, all right, I'll get to that. Uh, I never played Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Oh, uh, I love that game. 
But I oh, I own it, and I, I checked on my PS4. Not only do I own it, I have it downloaded as well. I just never played it. Um, so I want to get to that. Uh, Outer Wilds, which was a big game last year. Um, so, yeah, and I want to finish Jedi Fallen Order as well. So I've, I've plenty to, to, to keep me going. But so far, just sticking to the Call of Duty and the Animal Crossing. Uh, Animal Crossing, I've, I've really hit my stride. I've got my r- routine going now. You know, I yeah. at, at, the very, at the very least, I'm getting in once a day. I'm getting my, my login bonus uh, for the ATM gimmick, watering all my plants. Uh, if there's a new resident, I go and say hello to the new resident. Uh, I today I finished off the the requirements for the other two houses I built. The shop is going, you know. I'm doing the thing where I'm asking in the shop what's the hot item. I go make the hot item. I sell it for a few bob. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very much getting into the 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 routine nature. But then also once I've all my 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 checklist done i'm you know getting all my goodies that i've just found or made or bought and redecorating the house i'm constantly changing my little house uh it's a bit cluttered i want to get more shelves i need tables i need i need i need things because i've got like magazines and books and i've got my switch and i'm like all right i gotta i gotta find places to put this but i finally have a closet at last so i put all my clothes in my closet i've actually bought loads of clothes i got more clothes in this game than i have in real life Uh, (laughs) it's got that jay lethal fucking (laughs) t-shirt taking up space um but yeah i am i'm loving it and as 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 the lord intended i am i'm checking in on animal crossing daily um uh which i'm really enjoying and it's yeah it's very cathartic it's very fun um and it's it's uh it's something i can see myself sticking with for a while so so yeah thumbs up as usual on the old animal crossing yeah i just today um paid off the loan on my expanded room house so now i'm getting another room which i'm very much looking forward to that'll be tomorrow uh built my uh able sisters shop you know have you got that little sonic the hedgehog looking one who sells clothes yes yeah but uh she's just there on her own she doesn't have a shop yet she just pops over um yeah does she eventually get a physical shop yeah well you Whenever she shows up, spend loads of money, then she make you have a shop. <laughs> That's how kind of it works. The more you I, use I, the resources, I do. She, I, I, her wares are great. So yeah. I've been buying. I've got a little Vince McMahon uh, blue check uh, uh, suit uh, jacket <laughs> that I that I'm very fond of. Um, yeah, we we were on a big fish hunt today, trying to get uh, me one of the special because. There's certain fish you can only get certain times of the year, so uh, a couple of them are going to be gone by the end of March. You won't be able to get them again until, like, September. So we're trying to get them in, and, oh, my God, we used, like, 50 baits, and I couldn't get one today. But, uh, I think I think I got everything of the ones that were leaving. I'm fairly sure. Um, that, that Emperor Butterfly, that was a tough bastard to get. Yeah, we still... I, well, Nat's got them all. I still need a string fish. Um... But otherwise, doing good. Built a bridge. Waiting for I'd have to pay money for that, so it's not quite a bridge yet. But uh, yeah, really enjoying that as well. I also played a load of Pez today and yesterday. You might remember I was the manager of Wolverhampton Wanderers uh, and paid like eighty million for uh, Alan St. Maximan from Newcastle. Uh, what happened then? Yeah, I I got to about I did a season and a half with Wolves. And I said, I'm not going to take 
any offers to move to any other team apart from Manchester United? Because I think they're like 10th in the Premier League now. I think that would be a good little rebuild project. Ooh, but then Juventus came, Colin, and I said, what's that? You still have Ronaldo, uh, 39-year-old Ronaldo in the team and the transfer budget of like 200 million. I'll sign for Juventus, please. So I have an, an outrageous Juventus team, albeit old, right? My front three is... Ronaldo, Messi, and <laughs> wait for the third name here, right? Richarlison. Yeah, that one off Everton. Um, uh, inherited a really weird team. They have like Luke Shaw at left back. Um, really? And funnily enough, I didn't realize this in Pez this year, whether this came with an update, but like Luke Shaw is real fat in that game. He's got a real chunky uh, body shape. Um,. Won the league with Juventus at a complete stroll because the Italian league is rubbish. I'm still keeping eye, keeping my eye out for United because I'll still take that job if they offer it to me. But uh, won the league at a stroll. Won I think I've won the Serie A, the Coppa Italia, the Super yeah. Coppa, which is like the you know, Charity Shield. Uh, lost the Champions League final four three to Bayern Munich. That was the only little blemish. Um, with Ronaldo getting a hat-trick. So, yeah, I have a 39-year-old... I'm in 2023-24 season now. 39-year-old Ronaldo up front. Um, 37 or 36-year-old Messi on the right. Like, all my players are going to start retiring soon. And I'm, So, if offers come in, I'm going to have to listen to them. Otherwise, I'm going to lose all my money. Um, funny thing is, I tried to sign St. Maximin again from Wolves. And it got rejected, where they're like, he doesn't want to join your team. I'm like, it's like I'm the number two ranked team in the world. And he's playing for Wolves. And he wouldn't join. Ah, oh, fair enough. I don't want you then. Um, and then I, be- I also played Wolves, my old team, in the uh, quarterfinals of the Champions League. Beat him like 8-0 on aggregate. My super Jeez. Juventus team. <laughs> but sure, that's how it do be. So I've gone from Wigan... To Wolves to Juventus now. I moved up the ladder. Um, enjoying that game. It's very fun, but it's 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 weird because I started the game intentionally with a bad team to try and do like a whatever you want to call it, like a road to glory. We're taking Wigan up to the, and then I moved on, and then I moved on. I'm playing a completely different game now where I, I have unlimited money. I'm just <laughs> fucking buy Messi. Screw it. It's very fun now at this stage. And still, United don't want me. What more can I do? Win the Champions League, probably. That would have done it. Anyway. Uh, Joe, what have you been playing? Um, well, we haven't been stuck indoors. Um, been trying to find some new uh, mobile games to play. Right. Because there's only so much Egg Inc. and Fishdom one man can, can cope with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in any given day. I mean, you only get eight lives at Fishdom. Obviously, get through those pretty quickly, so... Have to wait for more lives. Um, downloaded a game called Mono Golf, um, which is a, a nice little app where it's a golf game, but you basically you get one shot per kind of little level, um, and it's you know your typical kind of mini golf thing where there's lots of different obstacles and things like that. But it's a very simple game, uh, and as you play it, you collect kind of points that you can then spend to upgrade. And the idea is to get through as many levels as possible. But it's a, it's a fun little game with. Um, does have some ads on it, but not an unbearable amount like okay. most games do. So, yeah, Monogolf 
available on the App Store. If you want to, just a little get just a little game, just keep you busy. Very I recommend nice. that. I'm still keeping an eye out for um, what the golf, whether that's going to come out on Android. Oh yeah. I don't know if it has yet or not, or if it's going to or not. But like that's still no, it's still P- PC and Apple Arcade. Well, presumably Apple have paid for some kind of exclusivity deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's on the Epic Store on, it's on, yeah. on PC. Yeah. Yeah. It's on Switch as well, of course, but like that's definitely a touchscreen game. Um, uh, yeah, I, I like it on PC, but I kind of wish I played it on phone because it's, yeah, it's a phone game through and through. Um, right, well, one of us has an email, allegedly. Ooh, I've got an email. Go for it. Um, it's from our good friend, uh, Superbad Will Sewell. Mm-hmm. Um his subject is champions of yesteryear um he says hi joe hope everything is okay with lockdown i'm here in spain so it's felt like we're a couple of weeks ahead of everyone else in terms of how people have reacted right uh well i hope you're doing well over there well stay out of trouble um anyway here is an easy game for you to play on this week's show this is a picture of all of the champions 10 years ago to the day Paul and Barry have to have a go at guessing each one. If they get it correct, they get another turn at guessing. The next one, if it's a no, it goes to the other person. Um, maximum three guesses per champion. Okay. Okay, this is a good little game. Okay. Let's see how this goes. We'll see if we can figure this one out. Okay, so I'm going to... Who wants to go first? Uh, Paul, you go first. I'll go first. So this is the 29th of March 2010. That's what we're saying, yeah? Yes. Ten years yes. ago to the, to we'll the day it. today or to we'll the day when he wrote the email? He sent it a couple of days ago. Okay. So it's okay. this week. In that range, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so we'll start. We'll go for the easy ones first. Well, not that easy, but the more notable ones. So WWE Champion, Paul. WWE Champion in 2010. Ten years ago. Yeah. So going into WrestleMania twenty seven uh, would have been the Miz. No, it was Batista. Yeah. Oh. Huh? That that was going into WrestleMania twenty six. Oh, I thought twenty six was in 09. Okay, I'm a year off. Okay. No. Well, does Barry not have to guess it then? Actually, I wasn't supposed. To- Given the answer, no, okay. yeah, we'll yeah, use that as the the example. Oh. That's the example. One. <laughs> I knew wait, that. Barry, one. Wait, Barry, did you know? Okay, Barry gets a point for that one. Wait, yeah, because it's yeah. Okay. No, because I because yeah, I knew I knew it was twenty six. Yeah, but if Joe said things that I would have said, oh yeah, I knew that. <laughs> well, that's because you're a liar. <laughs> Clearly, okay. Okay, what else, Barry? I'll yeah, write these ones again. Okay. Um, okay, so if you get it correct, you get another turn. Okay, so Barry's turn. Mm. Um, the WB World Heavyweight Champion 10 years ago this week uh, Christopher Jericho correct Cause who did he face uh, that WrestleMania Edge the Edge yes you're right you're right uh, Barry gets one point there and, and you continue um, the WWE Intercontinental Champion 10 years ago this week oh god um Drew McIntyre. He's done it again. 
Three points for Barry there. Okay, next, United States champion. WWE United States champion. Oh. These mid-card titles are hard. Um, I've got two names in my head. I'll just take a chance. The Miz. That's correct. Four oh, points. Oh, Four oh. in a row. <laughs> well done, Barry. Um, okay. The WWE Unified Tag Team Champions. Um... um I remember there's a big angle where DX lost them. Big Show and Miz. He's done it again. Points in a row. Yeah, they opened the show. Did I believe? Didn't they? Yeah, that WrestleMania, I think. Yeah, Miz had Miz had three belts at that time. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, on for the next one. WWE Divas Champion. Oh fuck. Um. I have no recollection of which one was on which show and what show had what rosters at this time, so this is going to be a complete guess. Um, Melina. No, that is incorrect. Oh, over, I got one wrong. Over, over to you, Paul. <laughs> I have no idea whatsoever. Um, God, which women were employed in 2010? Uh, not Melina. Divas champion. Michelle McCool? Incorrect. Um, that was my other guess. Yeah, I would have said Michelle as well. So, according to Will's rules, we get three guesses each. So it goes okay. back to Barry. Oh, uh, fuck. One more guess. If you get it right, you carry on. If you get it wrong, it goes back to Paul for the next next title. Oh, my God. Um, WWE Divas champion. March. Divas champion like like the thing is everyone had that belt as well so like it could have been one of the bellas i'll just say eve torres no unfortunately you're incorrect barry um the miz was a good clue there any idea now well uh, wait we get three guesses each is that the thing no 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 okay one one. uh maurice maurice yes i was not gonna guess i was gonna go maybe down the beth phoenix route yeah. Who would remember that? Eve Torres would have been my next guest, to be honest. Barry said that was wrong. Okay. Okay, so back to you, Paul. Yeah. Um, this is for next is the WWE Women's Champion. Um, Women's Champion. Uh, well, uh, Beth Phoenix. That is incorrect. Over to you, Barry. Uh, for this one, I will get. I will go Michelle McCool. You are correct, Barry. Yes, uh, it was Michelle McCall. Um, so it sticks sticks with Barry. Um, God, how many more tiles are there? There's, there's quite a few here, actually. The 12. Um, TNA champion. Oh, my God. Oh, oh God. This week. Um, okay, so... God, Monday Night Wars... Um, Oh, AJ Styles. That is correct, Barry. Yeah. 
commanding lead now. Barry has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven points. <laughs> I would have got that one at least. That was that's the one I would have got. To Paul zero. Yeah. Um, next up, TNA X Division champion. Ah, oh, fuck! This could be this. They swap this weekly. Um. Uh, oh, I can, I can kind of think. Um, Amazing Red. Nope. Back to you, no. Paul. Back to you, Paul. Was it... Was it Homicide? No. Back to Barry. Remember, he was trying to get out of that red cage that one time. I, I, I think he definitely had it around this time. I don't know if he's the, the correct answer. Um, uh, Brian Kendrick. <sighs> incorrect. Incorrect. It was, in fact... Um, Mr. Brexit, Doug Williams. Oh, Doug Williams! I was just thinking. Of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. Or Davari. Um, so back to you, Paul, for the next one. TNA Tag Team Champions in 2010. Beer money. That is incorrect. Over to you, Barry. Was it the tag titles? Yeah. Yeah, tag team champions. Going in to Mania Week in TNA. This was. Mm, so, Beer Money would have been my first guess. Uh, oh no. Was it the band? It was not. <laughs> um, so, uh, back to you, Paul. God. For your second guess. Um, who else was around back then? LAX? Uh, no, no. <sighs> Actually, you're, you're half right. Half a point. Um, it was, in fact... Okay, half a point to Paul there. <laughs> um, it was Matt Morgan and Hernandez. Oh, oh my God, the worst tag team ever. Uh, okay, Paul, as you got half a point, you get to carry on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I was wrong. Under, sorry, the, under these rules. Okay. Um, TNA Legends champion. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, they didn't have that many, did they? What was it called when Booker um, T had? He brought it in. Was that the Legends? Booker T. That was the Legends. He brought it in, yeah. Booker T. It was not Booker T. Ah, Christ. Um, I can actually remember the early lineage of it. It was Booker T, AJ, and then Kevin Nash beat AJ clean for it, of course. Um, that was all 09. Uh, Mick Foley? <laughs> no. Uh, back to you, Paul. Final guess. I was going to say Mick Foley. I don't remember anyone else having it. Oh, I think I know now. Oh, shit, that's annoying. I will pass my go to Barry. <laughs> okay, very uh... uh Was it Rob Terry? It was Rob Terry. Yeah. I'd tell you, I've yeah, never got that in a million guesses. Lovely big Welsh boy. Um, so, stay with you, Barry. Um, TNA Knockouts champion. Um... Oh, God, this is around the time they did the fucking mystery box shit. Uh, Angelina Love? Nope. Paul? 
Uh, ODB? Nope. Uh, Tara? Yes. Oh, we got it again. Well done, Barry. Um, sticks with you. Uh, you're never going to get this next one. Uh, <laughs> TNA Knockout Tag Team Challenge. Oh, wow. Oh, here we go. Who wait, knew wait, that wait. was a thing? Who knew that oh, was a thing? Uh, this, this probably would have been too early for... There's only about six different champions. Yeah. Uh, Was this... The Beautiful People? No. Oh, God. Was it Hamada and... What was your one called? The one who's, like, backstage in WWE now. I know exactly what you're thinking. Sarita? Sarita. Something like that? No, um, you know what? You're half right. I'm gonna give you half a point. <laughs> I'm great for the half points today. <laughs> was it was it Sarita and Rosita? No, it was in fact Ham- Hamada and Awesome Kong. Right, I, wow. I, I Hamada yeah. only ever enters my mind when knockouts tag team titles because that's the only reason I would have to remember that name. Yeah. Jeez, what's yeah. that? Another eighteen half points? I need to be Barry. <laughs> oh, you're close, you're close. We've got um, seven more to go, so okay. we could catch up. Um, next, Paul, ROH champion in this week in 2010. Oh, no fucking idea. Um, Ring of Honor champion. Nigel? Incorrect. Barry? Uh, Tyler Black? Yeah, you're correct. He was. Mr. Mr. Seth Rollins. Uh, okay, Barry. ROH television champion 10 years ago. Uh, uh, Eddie Edwards? Correct. <laughs> 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 ROH tag team champions. Uh, I have no idea, so I'll take the obvious guess, the Briscoes. Correct again, Barry, <laughs> for another point. I mean, I think I probably would have got that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, we've got final four. These are all the these are all New Japan. Oh, um, Zoss. IWGP heavyweight champion ten years uh, ago this day. Uh Tenzan. Incorrect. Paul. Oh. <sighs> ten years ago? Yeah. I don't know if Tana was Tanahashi going. I mean, obviously he was going, but was Tanahashi like champion? That's the Chicago Tanahashi son. Incorrect. Barry, one God. more guess. One I have guess. no idea. Um, and Nagata. No, incorrect. It was in fact Shinsuke Nakarama. Ah. Yeah, Jujitsu Shinsuke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks very, very different in this. Yeah, movie. completely yeah. different. Um, okay, so back to I don't even know who it's back to. So Paul, Paul, uh, Paul IWGP Tag Team Champions. Um, could literally be anybody. Uh, Yuji Nagata and Maga Naganishi. <laughs> was that just a uh, racist made-up Japanese? No, that was actually his name. Mm, the way you said it, it wasn't racist. Um, it wasn't, no. that's how they say it. Barry? Uh, Tenzan and Kojima? Uh, no. 
I'm all out of wrestlers that I don't know. Um, was it? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Tetsuya Naito and his mate. Um, that lad who brings a rugby ball out. Whatever, whatever his name is. <laughs> I don't remember his name. New Japan Rugby Ball what? Man. Taguchi. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's him. They're uh, a team, probably. You're half right. So what? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was a team no limit. Yeah, it was Naito and Takahashi. Oh, there you go, another half point. Half point to Paul. Okay, uh, we've got two more. So, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Ooh. I think I know that one. Junior Heavyweight Champion. Um, I'll go for Taguchi. Uh, no. Uh, Prince Devito. Uh, incorrect. Ah. Back to you, Paul. Uh, uh, let's go for um, let's go for Azuka Rock Rocky Romero. Uh, no. Oh. Barry, final guess. Uh, oh, um, twenty ten. Loki. No, it was Naomichi Marufuji. Oh, yeah. And I have something to your typical your tongue, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, final one, back to Paul. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Uh, I'll go Taguchi. Um, Taguchi and Devitt. Correct! Oh, <laughs> wow! Because <laughs> I've forgotten that Devitt completely was in um, New Japan. And New then Japan. I brought up rugby ball Taguchi and then Barry said Devitt and I, I remembered oh yeah weren't they like a team and then his last because I, I watched the Devitt doc, RTE documentary about four months ago and I went oh yeah weren't they like his last match was with him because they were like a tag team or something that's the only tag team I could think of well that was fun uh, so the final scores are Paul three and a half points uh, Barry at twelve points <laughs> I like that I, I could get the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions for a decade ago, and not the WWE Champion. <laughs> well, you're a real poor old fan, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> On a pure guess. Um, yeah, no, that was. I've. I don't think I've ever had a quiz performance ever that good. So that's that's made you feel better. <sighs> well, that quiz did not play to my strengths. No way, things. Knowing what year we're talking about. 2010, that was uh, WrestleMania 30, am I right? Uh, Danny Bryan was champion. <laughs> Becca Din. Anyway, good quiz, Will. Thanks very much. Sure. Made me look sure. like a right tit. Anyway, it's time now. This is what the world's been waiting for. Quit that infernal bracket. We're down to the last 16. Here we go. Down to the last 16. In our quest to find out who is the podcast's favourite wrestler? Asterisk. They have to be on Raw, Smackdown, or or uh, AEW, or they don't count. Maybe maybe someday we can do some of the other stuff and they can meet in a, a final extravaganza. But for now, no. Okay, so we're going to go through our last 16. Starting off with 
John Cena and Pac. WWE versus AEW. Mm, oh, that's a hard one. I'm going to say, despite the fact that I voted for Alistair Black over John Cena in the first round, I think I'll go for Cena here. Um, even though I really like Pac, I think I've enjoyed more John Cena stuff. Mm. Like, I think back to a lot of my favorite um, late 2000s, early 2010 stuff. I, at the time, I almost thought like I enjoyed it despite John Cena, but hey, takes two to tango. Let me tell you that right now. Um, I think back like the, the John Cena punk stuff, you know? Um, Cena Batista, obviously, from the early 2010s. The, the genesis of this podcast. Um... I, I go Cena over Pac. I go Cena over Pac. I would probably have to go Cena as well, as much as I love Pac. I think I think Cena's been, you know, yeah, I yeah, he's great, um, and he's got a, a an incredible resume. So I'd have to go with him. Uh, yeah, Cena as well. Oh, three and out. So many good matches. Big match, John. Big um, match, John. So many classics, and just overall, you know, he's. As annoying as he can be. He's a class act. He's a, he's a yeah, top guy. All right. John Cena goes into the quarterfinals. Uh, next, we have a clash of ye old high flyers. AJ Styles. Rick O'Shea. Mmm. Mmm. Um... I I would have to I I I'd have to say AJ Styles there. I think he's a I think he's a generational talent. Whereas Ricochet has had some extremely high highs, but to me, um, he's not as as influential or consistent as as AJ. Yeah. Um, I mean Ricochet to me, I think is is a generational talent, mm. but I think AJ Styles was as good. A decade before, if not better, yeah. better than Ricochet ever was. Like AJ Styles in in that early TNA, like first four years, let's say from from two thousand two up until two thousand six, two thousand seven, was like the best wrestler in the world. Yeah, and I don't think Ricochet, as good as he is, touches that. No, but I actually think AJ Styles these days is a little bit, a little he got a little bit of the Shinsuke Nakamura to him these days. I think he's still great. Don't get me wrong, but like God, I used to get so excited for those old AJ Styles matches. Fuck me, yeah. so good. Those um, those Ultimate X matches. Now there's a match that WWE needs to steal. Start doing them with the high flying boys. Uh, yeah, I'll go AJ. Of course, AJ Styles. Before he grew his hair out and started looking like Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> Joe. Um, yeah, AJ Styles as well. Uh, big, big AJ fan. Ricochet, not so much. I think it's yeah, it's good, but yeah, clearly AJ. Okay. Uh, we then have another AW versus WWE. Reigning, defending, total package of the year of the world. Cody Rhodes. <laughs> wow. Against Brock Lesnar. Ooh. Oh no! Ooh, baby. No, Ooh, baby. Where do we go? 
Well, it's funny after watching the Brock Lesnar episode of um, Ruthless Aggression. Yeah. Kind of being reminded of how great Brock was in his initial run and also when he first came back as well. Those two kind of runs obviously got a bit tiresome after a few years. You know, I mean, it's been, what, eight years since he came back now? Well, I think that SummerSlam, was it 2013 where they did Cena, Lesnar? And it was kind of the first yeah. one that was very German suplexy based. And at the time, was like, yeah. oh my God, he suplexed him 100 times. That was almost like the... Although he had good matches after that, don't get me wrong. That was kind of the, the beginning of the end of the the great Brock Lesnar match. I know he had like the Royal Rumble triple threat match two years later or whatever, but then he started basing it around just suplexing people a lot. Um, but yeah, go back before then, like the 2012 Lesnar Cena Extreme Rules, Lesnar in 2002 through to, let's say, late 2003 before he stopped giving a shite. Mm-hmm. Um, as much of a, as I've enjoyed Cody these last six months, God damn it, Brock Lesnar. Mm. Yeah, no, I've, I've completely forgot about the, the Rock Brock match from yeah. SummerSlam 2003. Uh, which was absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, Brock, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, same. Yeah, and because Cody is a fairly recent addition to our approved list, you know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas Brock's been great for so long. Exactly. Right, we have then Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio. Oh, let's just be honest. It's quite obviously Rey Mysterio, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like, I like he, we've given Randy. I think Randy's done well to get this far. Okay, um, you know we've given him his due, but let's not forget the fact that he's also a shat at the bed a great many times, uh, which Rey Mysterio has basically never done, uh, except for when he was a bit too fat that time. Um, <laughs> uh, which was only was only for a couple of months. He's been great for the entire rest of his twenty five years wrestling. So, uh, so yeah, it's Ray for me. Yeah. I got Ray as well. Uh, yeah, one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Okay, dokie, nice and easy. Uh, where are we going next? Okay, we go for a uh, two two lads who have only recently come on the radar. Mm. Andrade. Mm. Who uh, did anybody see his uh, elbow to Cedric Alexander on Raw this week? Yes, yes. <gasps> Let me tell you, that move looks better than the Judas effect. <laughs> Where he lifts the leg up before as a little feint before doing the elbow. Ah, tremendous. But Andrade and Darby Allen. Oh. Now we've been talking about generational talents, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but goddamn it, Darby Allen's very fucking good. And he brings me back to that watching AJ Styles in 2004 feeling of, oh my god, this guy can fucking do it all. Yeah, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Um, but like Andrade, let's not forget, you know, Andrade's had the matches with Ray. He's had the matches with Gargano. Like he has had some incredible matches. I the agree. matches with Alistair Black was unreal. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Oh, this, is, this is actually really hard. <laughs> I think this might be the hardest one so far. Uh, well, for me, it's 100 percent Darby Allen. Great. It's funny because he gets likened a lot to Jeff Hardy, but he's like he's he's fifty times better than Jeff Hardy ever was. Ooh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Interesting. 
Um, yeah, I'll go Darby, I guess. If you like, if you were to tell me who would you rather watch right now have a match, Darby or Andrade, I would say Darby. But is that because of Andrade being on Raw and Darby being on AEW, or uh, yeah, maybe? But also, I think I just prefer Darby anyway. Yeah, yeah. well, I, um, I, yeah, I'd say Darby. I do. Okay. Uh, okay, then we have Pentagon Junior, Matt Jackson of the Young Bucks, the remaining Young Buck. <sighs> this is a toughie. This is a real toughie. It is, but I will say that I feel like Pentagon had a great run in Lucha Underground. Yes. And after that, he has merely been merely a very good wrestler with a lot of charisma. Uh, but also, I feel like that charisma has been diminished a little bit over time. The more you see the shtick and the more he does it. Um, whereas Matt Jackson, representing the Young Bucks, we were talking about one of the best performers of the last decade. Um, more more incredible matches that I genuinely that I could probably count. Um uh, whereas Pentagon is, I, I don't think, been a consistent performer the way he has. I, I, I would have to say Matt Jackson. It's funny because Nick Jackson's already been eliminated, and I think Nick Jackson is the better of the two young bucks. Um, even though Matt Jackson maybe is the heart of the team. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think I might go Pentagon here. I just... Even though, yeah, I, I think... Lucha Bros, for whatever reason, aren't pushed to what I consider to be their level quite yet in AEW. Maybe it's just, you know, gotta build them up and give them, you know, in time it'll happen. Especially with this um, Death Triangle, which seems to be on on ice now because of travel issues due to the the coronavirus. Um, Yeah, I think Pentagon is still capable of He's still got a lot of uh, mystery to him and capable of those big main event matches. As we said, a lot of great stuff in Lucha Underground. Um, even if I think he's overshadowed a little bit, like his brother, which is true of both of these men, I think. Um, I'll go Pentagon of the two. So, mm. so, Joe, you have the deciding vote. Hmm. I think my decision here would have probably been the opposite. Uh, a few months ago, maybe four or five months ago, right. would have been different. But I'm going to go for Matt Jackson. Oh my um, god! Having seen you know the Young Bucks since since Dynamite launched, they've just been great uh, in what was probably one of my favourite ever tag team matches a few weeks back. Yeah, pay per view. And Pentagon, yeah, I think you're right. What you say when you know they kind of the gimmick was really impactful at first and it's still it's still really cool and I love Ziero Miedo and all that but it's yeah not quite got the attraction it did so uh, Matt Jackson okay Matt Jackson goes through yeah we've got two more for this week we have first of all Kevin Owens mm. Samoa Joseph oh god almighty Well, I'll get mine out of the way first. I I'm a fan of Kevin Owens. 
And what I'm going to say is going to sound very bad in in damning of Kevin Owens. But I think Samoa Joe is better at everything Kevin Owens does. <laughs> he's wow. Kevin Owens, but better at promos. He's better in the ring. Better intensity. One of the few le- guys left who comes off as a legitimate badass. Um, I think Samoa Joe is, is an underrated talent even today. Um, mm. And the fact that he's never had a, a run on top, on even on like a SmackDown, is I, I think is a shame because I think he's properly good. Um, so Samoa Joe for me. I think Samoa Joe is, I think, the more influential wrestler. I think at his peak, he was probably the better wrestler. But Kevin Owens always resonated with me more. And I don't feel like I was ever truly invested in Joe the way I have been with um, uh, with Owens. So I, I would have to say Owens. Fair enough. Joe, over to you again. Oh, again. Um, I do really like both, but I would have to say, in looking back over their careers, I would have to go for Samoa Joe. Oof. Based on the Ring of Honor stuff, the the Kabashi match, the um, uh, the Punk matches. Uh, his TNA stuff as well, especially that early TNA stuff when he was when he was yeah. unbeaten, he was always oh, yeah. very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Always enjoyed Joe. So yeah. yeah so Kevin Owens unfortunately him. goes out. Mm. And then we have our mm. last match, and this is the biggie: Chris Jericho, Daniel Bryan. Oh. This could potentially be a final if if the. The brackets were differently organized. Mm. <laughs> now, I I think there's gonna be there's gonna be some recency bias because of what Chris Jericho has done the last six months. So I just want to get that out of the way first. Um, that being said, I think I would go with Jericho. Ooh. I know Dan Bryan is a favourite of the podcast don't get me wrong and, and our podcast goes hand in hand with his WWE career mm. um, but um, I remember Jericho in like 2000 was just like the fucking coolest thing um, he was real funny and then when that kind of ran its course then he decided to do something different and he was real good at that redefined the heel role Um. And goddamn it, he's like the best thing in wrestling now. And if if, yeah. if nothing else, the main event or the not the main event, but the main segment of Dynamite this week proved that there's there's no shit that Chris Jericho can't turn into gold. Yeah, God, that was that was a big that was a big positive for him. Daniel Bryan, the possibly the best wrestler of the last twenty years. Um, oh, this is tough. But like, yeah, great Ring of Honor stuff, great WWE stuff. Here and there, but Jericho also had some some you know peaks and valleys. There was also some shit Jericho was involved in, like particularly that first return he had after 05 where he came back as a babyface. Yeah, awful. 
Uh, the the 2012 return where he tried to do the smiling, disingenuous fa- baby face, it just didn't really didn't work at all. all. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, like they're both excellent, but they're both completely different kind of excellent. Like Jericho, you know, Jericho was in ECW for like you know a brief period, not that long, and he was in some Japanese indies as well. But like Brian has that real example a one of what real like a prestige indie can be you know uh for for a hardcore fan like him on top of ring of honor that that is seminal shit right there and then he also went on to main event wrestlemania in one of the best matches and moments that company's had in 20 years do you know what i mean like 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 jericho has a tremendous spread across his career but i think you could even argue uh, uh brian might have an even better one just by virtue of all the places he's been and I mean, you could argue as well that Jericho's never reached the the peaks that Daniel Bryan has, even though mm. like Jericho's one WrestleMania main event was a bit of a yeah. Um, I'll still go Jericho. That being said, I I'm I'm going to go with Daniel Bryan as much as I <gasps> love Jericho. Uh, Daniel Bryan is is the model like, wrestler. <laughs> he is he's he is just brilliant at everything and i think about i think about having watched him in in i bet you know ring of honor and wrestlemania watching him have shows uh, have you either of you seen that that zach sabers jr match from like a pub in 2008 <laughs> no it's phenomenal it's fucking phenomenal it's like he and all his saturday morning slack he can work in front of literally any crowd of any size of any demographic and make it work he's just he is perfect um and i i love daniel bryan so i'm, I'm going with him We've left Joe with a lot of bags here in the last <laughs> in the last twenty minutes. This is nearly impossible because Daniel Bryan's one of my top three of all time, right? Mm. I, he, you know, I absolutely he's the perfect kind of wrestler. He's model wrestler of why you know I want to watch. But then the last like six years in WWE have basically been a waste of fucking time. Like. True. You know, he was injured. Obviously, yeah, he was good on talking smack, to be fair. And, you know, he's had his moments more kind of recently. But Jericho's just been, you know, he's gone, gone and he's been so good recently. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go Daniel Bryan. Oh. oh. Daniel Bryan goes through. Really, hey. this should be like a double count now. On this yeah, I, I don't... Um... <laughs> I wouldn't argue either result here, to be honest. Um, But Jericho goes out in the last 16. One thing I would say is it's interesting to see what someone like Jericho has done after, finally, after, what, 20 years, leaving WWE behind and moving to another artistic outlet. What someone like Daniel Bryan could do elsewhere. You know, maybe it's only with certain people, obviously. After you leave WWE... Like Jericho on top, you see him these last six months. You go, well, of course he's your main eventer. He he was never that in WWE for whatever reason. Yeah. Okay. Well, that closes off this week's uh, edition. So what we'll do next week is we'll have our quarters, our semis, and our finals. So next week okay. will be the the final edition of this run. Uh, I'll give you a little preview of our quarterfinals coming up. Right. 
Uh, you have John Cena, Matt Jackson. Okay. You have Samoa Joe, Rey Mysterio. AJ Styles, Darby Allen. Mm. That's a match I wouldn't mind seeing, to be honest. Oh, yes, please. Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> so we'll pick it up next week and we will finish off and find out who is our favorite wrestler. Okay. Oh, that was a, th- a thrilling round. It really was. And then we can close off this week's podcast with our wrestling goof. Right, so uh, who watched the old Dark Side of the Ring then? I did. I was wondering how, like, how much more can you get out of this Benoit murder? Like, and even from from the point of view of being a viewer, like, can I really sit through like what two forty-five minute episodes? Yeah, but I actually found it quite quite compelling more so the second half than the first although the first half in its own way was I felt like the first half was more about wrestling and the second half was more about the the murders yeah well they they really they the first episode ends on the cliffhanger of of the of the murder basically yeah um. Yeah, I I like that they gave it two hours because I think in general this show has been good at condensing these stories down as best as they can be condensed. Um. Whereas I think there's no real way to tell this story without giving it the proper context. Yeah. Um. But I thought it was I thought it was interesting and fair, and I thought that the the interviews were obviously great. They got a lot of you know they got a lot out of a lot of these people who were very close to Benoit, um, and uh, that made it hard, that made it hard to watch at points. But I thought it was it was very compelling for the full the full two hour runtime. And I I think it brought up a lot of valid viewpoints that I had never really considered. Like when you think of or when you hear about the Benoit murders, it's oftentimes told specifically from the point of view of Benoit himself. Mm. And one thing that I never considered, for example, was like Vicky Guerrero's closeness to Chris Benoit through Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. That just never occurred to me, even though it's, you know, obvious. Never occurred to me. Um, And you often don't have a lot of focus on Nancy. Now, there were some calls for like, Nancy should be in the Hall of Fame. Right now, I think for certain, because of what happened here, through no fault of her own, I don't think she'll ever go in. Yeah. But um, it is that again something I've never considered is that, like Chris Benoit, she and her, her career has similarly been swept under the rug because of what he did. So there was a lot of stuff brought up, uh, a lot of things brought up in the documentary points of view like i said that i just had never considered and so it was it was good for me to kind of appreciate certain people and and how they were impacted by it in ways that i had never considered yeah yeah the focus on nancy was was refreshing um uh i think that's i think that's a mistake that a lot of documentaries make in general is just breezing over the victim especially in this case when the victim is someone who was significant in uh, in wrestling, yeah. Um, and I mean, to that end, obviously, there was a lot about Chris Benoit himself. I like that 
you know, they got Nowinski in, and uh, I liked uh, especially the Nancy's sister on it. Yeah, I thought she was very good. Um, and even the ending of of you know her and um, David being kind of reunited, and then them going to a wrestling show that 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 was the one bit of it that felt a little bit not like tacky or anything, but like I don't know that didn't sit super well with me. Um, but yeah. Jericho came off very well on it. Obviously, all the all the wrestlers, Milenko and whoever else was yeah. on it. Yeah, I remember. Um, so. Uh, I got my my girlfriend to watch Dark Side of the Ring. She doesn't she hasn't watched wrestling in twenty years. Right. Doesn't know anything about it, but she likes a good uh, she likes a a, a good uh, documentary. Uh, you know, a um, crime. You know, true crime. It was basically so, a true crime documentary. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, it really was. And so, um, I was we were talking about the Benoit thing, and I was like, well, if you want to watch the first season, it's on all four, and you can watch it on there in its entirety. Let me tell you. She burned through it. She absolutely loved it. We were talking about Montreal. We were we were talking about Moolah. We were talking about all this stuff. So she was all about it. Um, and so I sent her I sent her links to the to the Benoit stuff, and she was uh, uh, um, uh, fascinated by it. But she she thought Chris Jericho came off like a saint on it. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, Jericho's a you know he is a nice guy ultimately, and I think his heart is usually in the right place. Um, I was thinking I might actually lend her his book, his first book specifically. I think she might enjoy it. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I I think it's really well made. I thought I I don't think I'd ever seen those police photos of the house before. That was very eerie. Yeah. Um, a bit intense. Um, also, I know it's the nature of the show, and I don't really have a problem with it. But the the recreations were a bit grim at some points. Um, e- even when they weren't, even when it was just you know, I believe it was Tyson. Dukes, who Tyson Dukes, play yeah, funny enough. Um, yeah, that felt just unnecessary to me more than anything. Yeah, like because he because he really looked like him. It was creepy. Um, you know, and they had him there hanging from the weight machine as well. Um, I wasn't a fan of them getting the guy who wrote the Ring of Hell book in to to speak on it. Um, I mean, he didn't say anything inflammatory, but it, yeah, it came off a little dirty. Yeah, it's not a book that's held in good esteem, or him as a person is not held in good esteem. But yeah, I, I was talking to someone about it. It's like, yeah, as you said, he really didn't talk. That he kind of was just there recounting the timeline and mentioning, hey, you know, Benoit passed loads of tests, which is accurate. So um, he, he 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 didn't do anything bad, but I was a bit surprised to see him. I mean, um, I guess to that to that extent you're not going to get any of the wrestlers like Jericho is not going to come out and go yeah the, the 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 drug testing was a heap of shite you know like he he was saying it's impossible to pass a test and then you have this guy saying uh that um yeah he was on every steroid in the world basically yeah yeah so uh yeah no uh no groundbreaking new information but um but I thought it was although I thought their their analysis of the regal footage was a bit unsettling I mean that that was something that had, that had occurred to me before. Um, yeah, I I'd never really thought about it to be honest. Yeah, I, I'd revisited that a couple of years ago because yeah, that was later on in the show when he said that. Um, yeah. Uh, next week, uh, probably a, a bit more banterous episode. New Jack. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, um, it's going to be which, ma- Mass Transit is going to be in there, I would assume. Uh, mass Transit's going to be in there. The Vic Grimes situation's going to be in there. Um, because Cornette has been involved, they got to have the Smoky Mountain stuff um, with the... <laughs> With the gangsters promos, with the disclaimers, this does not represent the views of Smoky Mountain, where he's talking about how everyone in the audience is in the clan. Um, I mean, he was right. Shout out, shout out to my boy OJ Simpson. That's two less we got to worry about, man. You know, it's... legend. New Jack's a legend. Um, so yeah, I, I, that'll probably be great. Um, so yeah, chatting to chatting to the missus about it, I was like, and she was asking about Montreal and stuff. I was like, do you know anything about Bret Hart's brother? And she's like, uh, only what was in that documentary, which was barely nothing. And I was like, okay, because he's in. So he there is a Owen Hart episode in season two. Um, so that's I would say. So that's the two. I say that is the two biggest stories they could do will be covered in season two, which is interesting. But I was like, all right, don't read anything, and I'll send you that episode when it's up because that's going to be. Uh, quite the quite the story quite the episode um but uh yeah dark side of the ring is uh is good as always um if you are in the states you can watch that on the vice website and they've also put it on youtube it's it's region locked unfortunately but if you're in the states you can watch it on there uh the wwe network has finally unveiled something of a free tier um, I don't know if this is a coronavirus PR thing where they're like, hey, you know, because a lot of websites are doing that. It's like, hey, here's some free stuff you can watch. Or if this is just the the long touted free tier that they've been talking about. Um, but if you have if you've signed up for the network, but you don't you don't have a paid subscription currently, you can log in and without paying, you can watch the entire back catalog of Rumbles, uh, SummerSlams, Manias, and Survivor Series. Um, there's, like, I, I, I didn't check, but they said recent, quote-unquote, Smackdowns and Raws, um, and their recent documentary offerings, which is uh, Ruthless Aggression, um, uh, the Broken Skull Sessions, uh, the FCW documentary and a couple of other things. So a, a decent offering um, uh, for, for what you would expect out of something like that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I assume the goal of this is to get people using the service and then get them saying, ah, fuck it, I kind of want to watch the rest, so I'll pay up. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, I, I, I've been playing around with it and I, I, I haven't opened up the wallet yet because I, I, mainly because I have just zero interest in the actual current um, shows. But, like, watching, you know, I was watching old manias and stuff and I was like, ah, uh, should I, should I, you know, for this period we're in where I have a lot of free time, should I just have access to the archive and just watch Attitude Era stuff? It's you know it's it's I think it's a decent thing but yeah so obviously if you don't have a network subscription uh, jump on that and take advantage of the freebies um, so that's that anyone been watching anything on the network lately? Oh yeah, watching some stuff. Caught up with all the um, Broken Skull uh, sessions with uh, my man Steve Austin. Uh, I love Austin. He's so funny. Just, he is. He's, he's a funny guy. Very interesting as well. Um, I watched four of his interviews. I watched um, uh, one with Undertaker, which was really interesting because obviously you don't get to see Undertaker speaking normally very often. I enjoyed that one as um, well. 
yeah, he's very, very kind of lively, sort of funny guy, Undertaker. Yeah. Um, and it was, that was one of the most interesting wrestling interviews I've seen because, you know, as I said, you don't really hear him talking about his career, kind of talking about the backstage stuff. And he kind of goes into all of it, um, kind of no holds barred. Um, that was really interesting to hear. And him talking about, you know, adapting his style when he became The Undertaker, having to put his ego behind him because he can do the, you know, high-flying kind of, you know, the stuff that you would see kind of big guys doing now on the indies, you know, doing moonsaults and dives and flipping over the ropes. You know, he knew he couldn't do that as The Undertaker. So he had to, to, to stop. That was really interesting. And a lot of the stories were great. So, I'd, I'd, you know, 110% recommend watching that, The Undertaker one at least. Um, the other ones, the the Brett one is the you know pretty boring. It's it's the usual Montreal stuff, which we've heard a million bajillion times. times. Yeah, nothing really interesting coming out of it. Um, and then the rest of it, I mean, Brett is is not. Although he's my favourite wrestler of all time, he's not a good interviewee. He's just not engaging at all. Um, it was mainly Stone Cold talking about their matches and their angles they used together, which is kind of interesting, but you didn't really need Brett there. I think Steve could have just done it himself. Um, so it was, that was, it was fun, but not, not particularly interesting. Um, Goldberg one was kind of interesting. I just don't really like Goldberg that much. <laughs> it just strikes me as a bit of a knob. Um, so it was, it was some kind of interesting tidbits in that, but overall I didn't really enjoy it. Uh, and then the Big Show one, which was was also really good. That's probably the second best after the Undertaker one, because uh, he goes into a lot of depth about. And the really interesting stuff was when he joins WWE and suddenly goes from being this kind of um, you know golden child in WCW, who was the giant who won the title in his first match, and he goes to WWE and suddenly has to deal with the politics there and the kind of fact that you know he didn't really know how to push himself forward and how to kind of take advantage of, of the situation he was in it was really really interesting uh, and kind of the the reversal of what you usually hear you know someone going to wwe and not understanding the politics there normally it was all about how wcw was politics 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 and um, he kind of you know, found it the other way around so that was, that was really really cool so enjoyed enjoyed the show one enjoyed the undertaker one Big big thumbs up for for both of us. They're they're putting out uncensored versions, apparently in two days. What's the difference? Swearing. Yeah, you say fuck in it. You say shit and fuck and goddamn fucking shit. God fucking damn. Oh well. Look forward to that. Uh. So yeah. So dynamite this week. Not as good as last week's one. No, and I'm kind of over all these empty shows now. I'm kind of ready for them to just wrap up. Yeah. Well, they didn't have the people at ringside this week, which I thought helped a lot with last week's one. Mm. Uh, instead, they had like people backstage, and they were like really over exaggeratedly, like screaming and jumping up and down and. They would like cut to them, like picture in picture, and they'd be like really too loud. And then they just cut away again. So like it wasn't there in the background constantly. They would just cut, bring attention to it. It never led yeah. to anything. Or and they were they were feeding the audio into like the main show audio. Like that's what really hurt. Yeah, it was not very good. Um. And then, even match-wise, there wasn't much to uh, 
to get excited about on this one. I mean, they obviously had the two debuts last week and a lot more interesting stuff. I, I thought the Kenny Omega Sammy Guevara match was pretty good. Um, yeah. Everything else, I, I, didn't, I didn't think Brody Lee looked great. Um, I, I thought the matches are. Right. I still hate his gear. I'll take him just not wearing jeans and a vest for a while. At least change it up. Okay. But uh, no, I just think, I don't know whether it was him or what. It's just or Marshall being the opponent, but it just looked like everything was a bit sloppy. He wasn't super good. I didn't know what to make of his Vince McMahon video either. Uh, I don't. I just don't like that. I. I <sighs> I don't know. I have mixed feelings on it. I think it makes the idea of the Dark Order being a kind of macabre WWE send up is interesting, but I don't know. Having making the odd reference is fine by me, but having an act based around that to me comes off a little Voodoo Kid Mafia, a little minor league. Yeah, Hick yeah. and bottom if you got him. <laughs> yeah, um, Jake Hager is still no good. No. Darby Allen, Kip Sabian was all right because Darby Allen's very good. Yeah. Kip Sabian's not very good. He's a bit boring. Uh, and then the main event was, let me let me tell you boys, I was laughing and laughing and laughing at this. It was <laughs> hilarious. And then Matt Hardy started talking. And then it all. And it was out. less hilarious. Jericho and the drone. They could make a sitcom out of that, and I would watch every week. Where he's yeah. offering him, like, robot women drones, and. Oh my god, I don't even remember, but hilarious stuff. So funny. <laughs> he hates the drone's beliefs. He hates them on Twitter. <laughs> um. I tell you what, I got a laugh out as well. Matt Hardy doing the teleportation gimmick, yeah, and it's just Jericho <laughs> standing in the ring. His head is moving because of the cuts. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, it's so stupid." That was shit. <laughs> it was funnily shit though. Uh, I laughed. I, I laughed when I could see. Oh, I just saw Jericho's head move because it was a cut. Jericho's Jericho's head twitching was 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 bad. It was funny. Um, the Hardy stuff that I I am a fan of the Hardy stuff I, I quite in, enjoyed I listened there recently to um, the Matt Hardy and the Brody Lee Talk is Jericho episodes I thought they were pretty good and I like how much thought Matt Hardy puts into this and I do think it's I do get a kick out I do enjoy the gimmick um, but I don't know here it just it felt very laboured and Jericho was so funny that by the time Maybe they shouldn't have had the drone come out. Because by the time Hardy came out, I felt like, oh, I've already got my laughs and got what I wanted from this segment. And then everything mm. after that was just a little bit extra on top of that. Um, the flames being set off at the end was funny as well. As Jericho and Guevara hammed it up and ran back and forth. Um, and uh, it was okay. Like I, di- I, didn't, I didn't hate the Hardy stuff. Um... I think, as wacky as it was, they did kind of keep it on track, which was good, and they were obviously playing off each other quite well. Um, I think this would be something that would have played better in front of a crowd, and that's, as Barry said, with the empty arenas, this is maybe something that doesn't really work in that environment. 
God damn it, Jericho's funny. He is he's the best. He's a funny boy. Um and as we wrap up the show here WrestleMania, I believe, is now taped. Um, I believe it's in the can, as they say in the biz. The can-ski. Um, but uh, what what form the show is actually going to be in, I mean, who the fuck knows at this stage. There was a number of pullouts, obviously. Uh, Roman Reigns, in what seems like something that was long overdue, was finally pulled from the show. He's obviously, you know, someone with a, a compromised immune system. It really wouldn't make sense for him to be there. Um, the Miz is apparently sick in some capacity. We don't know what. Um, he's off. I think one of the Usos is off. One or both of the Usos is off. Uh, the Miz, you know, so uh, uh, Rey Mysterio's quarantining. Um, who else is uh, Dana Brooke is quarantining? So the whole card has been shuffled around. They've made changes. Uh, those changes were not reflected on the most recent episode of SmackDown because that is also taped. Uh, so we don't really know what we're going to get in this weird taped empty arena WrestleMania that's happening um on saturday and sunday i mean i am fascinated by what my my curiosity has once again re-peaked into morbid curiosity territory uh to see what this is going to look like um but yeah what any semblance of this being like the wrestlemania you were expecting is completely gone now i think it's just a testament to what a mad old convince mcmahon is that he will refuse to delay WrestleMania in the face of a global pandemic. I mean, it is ridiculous that it's going on. It is ludicrous. Well, sure, um, let's uh, go through the card as it is currently on Wikipedia. Because it's this weekend, obviously, WrestleMania. And I assume we're going to watch it. Yes. Cause I, I watch Saturday at least. Um, We need to talk about, by the way, how we're going to do... How we're going to review this on our podcast, because... Given that there's a half of it on Saturday, then we normally record on Sunday, and then there's, then there's a second half. <laughs> Do a Monday show? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to be presumably, depending on how long the second half goes, watching it after work on Monday. Yeah. We'll, see. We'll, 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 we'll figure it out. <coughs> I, might just, I might just probably just stick it on at work. Yeah, probably on the background. Yeah, probably. So, we've... Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair NXT women's title. I think that's still happening. <laughs> well, I mean, card subject to change. This is as it is currently on Wikipedia. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that'd be pretty good. Um, Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre. Uh, there were, were reports on our favorite wrestling website, SliceWrestling.com, um, which I think me and Barry are blocked from their Twitter account. I believe so, yeah. Um, not that I take pride in being blocked by people. That's something I hate on Twitter, actually. But I take pride in being block- blocked by them. Because um, they write all their sentences in capital letters at the start of each word. Yeah. Like a simpleton. Uh Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre. I expect Drew, Drew McIntyre will probably beat him in under 10 minutes. I'd say five minutes, yeah. However long Brock can be asked to do, basically. Uh, and Brock will sell. He'll make Drew look really good. 
but uh, long matches he does not do. Speaking of, Goldberg and Braun Strowman for the old Universal title. Previously, Goldberg, Roman Reigns. Yeah, I mean, that match might be, like, all right if it's five minutes and they just do mad shit. Do you think the idea was for Goldberg be brought in and then lose the title of Mania? And if so, does that mean that Braun is going to win? No, I think I think Goldberg will be Braun. But I think I think the idea was that he would lose, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um... Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler. Uh, I have no hopes for that in an empty arena setting. That's going to be absolute death. <laughs> it's a shame because as good as Shayna has been these last couple of years. Uh, okay, Firefly, Fi- Firefly Funhouse match, John Cena and the Fiend. Uh, that's going to be the worst thing this company's ever put on, I would imagine. Uh, House of Horrors, but with John Cena acting as opposed to Randy Orton slowly walking his way through it. Yeah. Um, and Bray Wyatt getting even more supernatural than usual. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine John Cena selling it as the most serious thing in the world. <laughs> um, in his bright pink t-shirt or whatever he's going to be wearing. Um <laughs> Uh, fatal five-way elimination match uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, this sounds absolutely dreadful. Uh, Bailey, well, okay. Sasha Banks, oh, pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Naomi, pretty good. And then Lacey Evans and Tamina. Hmm. Um, Undertaker versus AJ Styles. Here on Wikipedia is just listed as a singles match, but as per SmackDown this week, this is a boneyard match. which is as uh, my understanding a buried live match in a fake graveyard yes yeah that's another filmed on location shit um yeah okay uh Kevin Owens Seth Rollins uh that's a raw match I would like I wouldn't watch the highlights of that on YouTube If that came up on autoplay on YouTube, I would scramble to find Let's a remote to flip it to get to the next. <laughs> I think that'd be all right, actually. It'd probably be good on the night, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, now, whoever came up with the idea to do this, why? Uh, now, the Miz and John Morrison question mark versus the New Day versus the Usos in a triple threat ladder match in front of no fans. In front of, I tell you, if I'm uh, Biggie, I am taking zero bumps onto ladders, zero bumps off ladders. God. I mean, we, I made the point a few weeks ago about wrestlers going into that extra gear for the big event and the and the fans. How are you taking a bump off a twenty foot ladder in front of nobody? Stupid. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Also, the Miz is apparently off the show, so who knows what yeah, that's? I think I, I think it, I think it might be. Morrison versus one of the New Day, I think. Okay. Again, a SmackDown match. Uh, not even. Um, Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza for the Raw Tag Team titles. Now, this is a company that has uh, War Machine, whatever the fuck they're called now. <laughs> the Revival sitting at home tanning their toes, their toes, brother. <laughs> Uh, and here you have the the number one contender for the tag team titles. Now, admittedly, I think this was 
fudge due to the to virus. Andrade and Angel Garza, who Angel Garza has been on NXT for about two months at this stage. Um, okay. Do you uh, know what the match is now? Because Angel Garza is out. Oh, really? It's changed. It's, is uh, it Austin Theory? It's Austin Theory. Okay. Fine. Change it on Wikipedia, cool. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how. Um, Alistair Black, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the answer to the question. How do you get a bad match out of Alistair Black? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Elias and King Corbin. Did you see from SmackDown this week? King Corbin, uh, they did that spot again where the big show chokes down Kurt Angle off the balcony. Yeah, so so now Elias can't have sex with his wife. (laughs) Goody before. I can't have sex with my wife. That's funny. I couldn't before. <laughs> um, Edge Randy Orton last man standing match. Uh-huh. Why is that? I, I I heard that Edge was pulled, but then it turns out he actually wasn't. Um, he was pushed. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm raging that he's wasted on on this shite. <laughs> He should have just started doing a cough and had to be sent home. Save this for later. And then, single match for the Intercontinental title, Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan. That would be good. It'll be good. That would be good. That's your WrestleMania card, split over two nights, uh, which, if you don't have the WWE Network or can't have it for whatever reason, is going to cost you $100 to watch in the US. Uh, because WWE don't give a shite about you or the virus. So, enjoy. Like, if ever there was a time for a company that's as PR-starved as WWE are, and who love a bit of positive um, yeah. PR, we'll give you two nights WrestleMania for the price of one, because it's the virus. Keep, keep spirits up. Now we're going to charge even more than we ever have this this yeah. is this is Hunger Games Mockingjay Part One and Part Two splitting the film for no fucking reason the almighty dollar bill. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, unlike Mockingjay, there'll be people not in attendance at this one. God, that was a fucking horrible. That was that was bad. Yeah. Yeah, never mind. That was uh, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, bad, as they say in the biz. Um. Anyway, so we'll be back next week to talk about oh god, this really boring sounding WrestleMania. Um, uh, yeah, likely on a Monday, I would say. Um, and we'll break it all down along with all the other news and developments in the world of wrestling between then and now. So until then, everyone, please stay safe, mind yourselves. And uh, come back to us next week for more updates. Uh, it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Joe Towner. Goodbye. And goodbye, from Mr. Paul Griffin. Goodbye. goodbye.